Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to the fourth season of Parent Talk, where we strive to parent authentically and grow alongside our children. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle, mom of two. We're proud to broadcast out of the Vancouver area and are proud to provide the most up-to-date expert information for today's parents. Our goal is to inspire you, become a more confident, peaceful, connected, and of course, authentic parent. I'm with my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, Heather. Hi, everyone. Yes, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am also a mom of two, and we all know parenting can be a journey that we shouldn't be doing alone. (laughs) So we want to be the best parent we can be, and that means, of course, listening, learning, and sometimes asking for help, and that's not a bad thing. (laughs) Our community is here to bring you strength and support along the way from pregnancy to puberty and beyond. Yes, well, thank you, Heather. Welcome. <laughs> so today we're talking about music therapy, and we are happy to have with us Brian Dale. And Brian is a music therapist with over 20 years of experience working extensively with geriatric and children with special need. He currently has his own practice working with autistic children and adults. So hi, Brian. Welcome to Parent Talk Podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Genevieve and Heather. It's a real pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be able to talk about this today. Well, it's fantastic to have you. Music therapy, it's uh, something I, I think maybe we all a little bit know about, but nobody really know what is it all about. So can you tell us a little bit about music therapy? Yeah, I get asked that question all the time. It's, it's one of those things. It's been around for uh, quite a while. I mean, in relative terms, it's a very young profession. I mean, we look at psychology today, it's that's considered a young profession and that's been around for like a hundred and some odd years, really. But music therapy, the actual programming and the actual inst- implementation of it has been, uh, the program has actually been started since around the early 70s here in the West Coast, but it, it goes back a little bit further than that. But uh, um, music therapy essentially, um, there's a couple ways to explain it, I guess. Like if I were to read the definition, one of the definitions I have is uh, on my website and basically it says music therapy is a profession which uses music as a therapeutic tool for health and healing. Certified music therapists, also known as MTAs, use a variety of methods and approaches in working with people on physical, psychological, spiritual, behavioral, and or social development. But in a nutshell, basically it's using music as an alternative way to get through to people. And um, the best way I describe it is that we all probably experience music therapy in different forms every day. And uh, the, the most profound way I think it fi- you find it is that music, it can be a very strong bookmark for your memories. So we have great memories, happy memories, and also very sad and, 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 and sometimes terrible memories that can be tied with, with music. And, uh, you know, you think about your first song for your wedding or maybe at your grad, you might remember your high school dance that you danced to or you kissed your first boy or girl or, you know, uh, really fun events. And then also you remember, you know, music and songs from really sad events that, you know, a loved one's funeral or, you know, something that something terrible that did happen. And uh, music is one of those things that can really tie in 
with events that are really, that mean a lot to us, whether they be happy or sad. So I think in a nutshell, that's a really good way to describe music therapy in terms of that connection. It's definitely, you know, memories is one of those things, but then using music as a therapeutic tool, that's a bit different, you know, because not all of us are good with talk therapy. If somebody says, well, how are you feeling? How are you doing? I hear you're sad. What's going on? Not everybody is going to be able to do that and be able to talk about it, but all of a sudden you have some music, maybe it's a drum or maybe it's a keyboard and it, it's a different part of your body. You're not using this part to talk, but you're maybe using these to talk, you know, or you're using your hand with a stick to talk or strumming a guitar and then maybe not using your voice as speaking, but as in singing. So that is music therapy. And uh, the, the job that I have is I take all those different modalities and I find a way to apply them with specific people in a way that's going to get them a response where maybe talking might not do that. Uh, I have a really good colleague, a good friend of mine. She's a, a great music therapist out in Calgary, um, very popular out there. And uh, her motto is music speaks when words cannot. And to me, that's really profound. And I found that uh, that sort of sticks with me sort of in my practice with what I do is that it really does make a big difference there. So that in a nutshell is what music therapy is. So I, I can go on all night. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So what can you tell us some different examples of what you do as a music therapist and who you treat? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, sort of to connect with what I was talking about before, um, let's say I'm working with uh, geriatrics and Alzheimer's. So, you know, we're working with like, uh, you know, grandmas and grandpas, people between like the, let's say, 60, late 60s, 70s, all the way through to the 100 pluses. And, you know, with that later age bracket, there's a lot of different health issues that do come out. And one of the number one things is something called dementia, where, you know, where, where mom or dad or grandma or grandpa start sort of losing their memory about certain things. And, what happens is maybe there might be a, a regression where they might lose faculties of being able to, you know, talk as well, or, and uh, they, they can't live at home anymore and have to be put into a extended care facility or a home. And so you have lots of different things that are happening to them where, you know, besides the memory loss, there's this feeling of isolation and, feeling like the world may be slowly getting smaller around it. And what music therapy can do, what I can do in there is I can bring my, my guitar, bring some music in and sort of help expand the world again for them using the music. And it's not going to be like the top 40 from today, but it's going to be the top 40 of their time. Um, if you think back, like probably the most effective time or the most profound time I use I'm using that word a lot but the, the the time where the music really hits you is I'd say between adolescence and probably your 30s so in that bracket of time you know you're really going to say oh yeah I really remember those those songs or as the kids say I really vibed with those songs you know that they were you know they're really cool and so you know for me I'm an 80s kid so you know all the songs from the 80s and even the 90s you know those those times where they you know really, really reverberate with me. So you go to geriatrics, that timeline is going to be like uh, the 40s and 50s, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s. So I take a lot of that music and I perform it live with them. And what that does, it elicits memories and it gets the brain really firing. And what happens is you have someone who might be looking reserved, uh, maybe withdrawn, 
um, maybe not socializing with other residents or the staff or even having a hard time with the family. And the music can bring them back to life. It, it, all of a sudden, these memories start going again. And um, I can't tell you how many you know, kids, grandkids, families who've come in after their parent has had a music therapy session and they actually feel like, this, I can't believe it. I'm having a, I'm talking to mom and she's actually answering my questions. And she was talking about this song that she heard when she was, when she was young. And, you know, for a family, the hardest thing is to see your mom and dad sort of decline and you, you remember them for the person that they were, and now you see them for who they are right now. And it's so hard to see that difference. And what music can do is it can sort of bring that back, whether it be for you know, a few hours, but the effect actually does last a fair amount after a session. And what you have then is it's like um, what we call creating normalcy. And uh, you know, what is normal these days, I don't know. But uh, you know, in terms of being able to have a conversation with somebody and where, whereas you couldn't, you know, so there's no drugs involved. There's just, it's just music, it's stimulation, it's conversation. And it's, it's just been done in such a way where they're having a good time and they didn't even know they were doing work, but they were, so. Interesting. That's, yeah, that's sort yeah. of, that's what I do with, with, the, with the geriatrics of Alzheimer's, with kids with autism uh, and with special needs kids. Um, I worked almost 20 years in the North Vancouver School Board. And uh, what I did there was I used music in small groups and used music as more of an organizer and educational tool, being able to teach, to take turns, to learn how to socialize increases attention span, all these goals and objectives that we have. I mean, we usually go in there with an, with an ulterior motive. We have, we have a plan of what we're going to do. We have goals and objectives. We're going to get Jimmy to, uh, Jimmy to really work on making eye contact with people today and being able to wait his turn. And um, if maybe Jim has a, a speech impediment or a very quiet voice, we're going to get him to work on getting his volume today. And how are we going to do that? We're going to do songs maybe about lions roaring and hitting big drums. So really getting the body moving, getting, the, getting everything moving in, uh, it, to elicit, you know, more. And that's, you know, if I said, okay, Jimmy, you're going to sit down and hit this drum and you're going to yell really loud. And we're like, what? But if you make it fun, let's be dinosaurs and let's roar and let's stomp and ah, you know, kids love that. Right. And also being able to give them choices. You know, do you want this tambourine or do you want this drum? Your choice. You know, how often do kids get a choice these days? It's, you know, a lot, you know, do you want the iPad or do you want the fruit snacks, you know? Uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's about, it's about choices, you know, um, trying to empower uh, kids with choices. And, uh, and also at the same time, being able to take that platform and be able to be an enforcer as well. So, you know, you, you need to listen. If you can't listen, then you won't get a chance to play the drum or you won't get a chance to try the didgeridoo or, uh, you know, whatever, whatever great instrument uh, that is out there. In this day and age of uh, laptops, computers, iPads, PS4s, uh, PS5s now, uh, you know, all these different things that kids can play and doodle with, um, there's still a huge attraction to shiny instruments, instruments that make different sounds that you can hold and twist that have weight to them. You know, we live in a really virtual world right now. So more than ever, uh, there's nothing more important than giving kids something that sort of feels in their hand, like has weight to it because it's all by pushing buttons or clicking a mouse or swiping a screen. 
And those movements are great. They're very important. They're part of developmental. It's part of the education now, but there's still nothing like holding a pair of sticks in your hand, hitting a drum or getting your hand onto a drum or onto a keyboard or trying an instrument from another world that you didn't, or another part of the world that you didn't know existed. So, you know, that's a very strong um, message that's out there. So education through music um, in a way that's fun and it's not, doesn't feel like education. I'm not going to say, well, this is the didgeridoo. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk about its origins. We're going to say, no, it's the didgeridoo. Do you know where it's from? You don't. Oh, okay. Well, for next time, why don't you go and tell me, go find out, go with your, your, you know, your teacher, go with your learning assistant, find out and come back to me. So it's a different way of making something fun, but also there, we're, we're definitely covering a lot of goals and objectives. So that's sort of in a nutshell what, uh, what music therapists do. There's so many other applications, you know, not just with the elderly and kids, but also with uh, neuro, neurotypical people, like people who just, just people like you and me who want a different way of talking or expressing themselves. And so it could be through music, uh, trying an instrument, just using an instrument as a bridge to be able to talk about things or even songwriting. And um, there's a lot of, lot of great uh, programs out there for songwriting, also uh, uh, vocal psychotherapy and uh, you know, lots of different modalities that music therapists, colleagues of mine really employ uh, in, in, in amazing ways to help people you know, of, of, on all spectrums. Absolutely. Sounds beautiful. I love the, the education part of it as well to uh, get the kids to be curious about the instrument and go find out about it. But my question is, um, so when you cannot be one-on-one and with social distancing right now and this COVID time, is, is it possible to actually um, call you and have a session with you? You know, I actually haven't done actually online sessions with people, but, you know, I mean, it would take some doing, but there are some ways there, there would be some ways to do it. It would definitely would take, uh, would take some help on both ends. Uh, if it's, if it's more of a, a music session, that's, uh, let's say the way we classify, uh, things is if we're working with somebody who's higher functioning and they can actually play instruments or understand instructions, you know, uh, higher, you know, multiple step instructions, then that's a little easier. But if you're working with somebody who's a little lower functioning, who needs a lot of hand to hand help, then the logistics get really hard because, you know, the whole point of music therapy as well is being able to be close sometimes, you know, sometimes somebody just needs to have, you know, a hand over their hand touch just mm-hmm. to be with somebody to experience that, you know, that, that, exp- uh, that, that feeling of being with somebody else other than, you know, a caregiver, but who's still giving him a safe place. I mean, and that's the one thing I, I forgot to touch on is like uh, the most important thing for me when I lecture, because I, I do lecture the third years up at Cap University about music therapy with children, it, but it doesn't really matter if it's with kids, it's with whoever you are. The most important thing is to create a safe a safe container, a safe place for them to feel. So that's why when they come to our office, they see the instruments, they see it's a place that they can be. They close the door to the office, mom or dad are sitting outside or they're going to the, you know, gone, gone to uh, get a coffee while they're doing their work in our place. It's their place, uh, you know, just as much as my place is their place. And so their place to work, their place to play, but their place to also grow and have these experiences maybe experiences you're not going to have in your house because it's somewhere else and it should be you know should be it should feel special so um but it, back to your question about uh, online it is possible but it's limited right now i'd say um in terms of doing 
online with uh, group homes to, uh, uh, sorry, group uh, extended care facilities with Alzheimer's, geriatrics, all that. I am doing that actively right now. And uh, we try to still, you know, the facility still has to adhere to their social distancing rules so they can only have 10 people to a group. Then, you know, I try to work it out and say, okay, you got me for an hour. So let's, uh, let's do a half hour, 10 people and then get 10 more people in. And if that works, you know, so it's, is it more work for the staff? Yes, it probably is for sure. But, you know, what is the alternative that they don't have that programming? You know, I, so the staff see the value in it and they don't mind doing it. And, um, uh, you know, I get nothing but support from the people who are, who are I'm working with. So, and yeah. it's, it's great. It's great for them because, um, you know, Zoom doesn't just have to be looking in a screen. You know, if I have a camera and I can see where people are, I can see what the layout of the building is. I can actually say, oh, well, let's look out your window, you know, and I can pretend. <laughs> oh, it's raining over there. You know, so, you know, part, yeah, I mean, part of, part of what I do, it's, uh, every music therapist is different. I'm, yeah, I'm a bit of a, you know, I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a ham. Um, I like performing, but I also like, I really like to try to extend that fourth wall to, to, to get people involved. And that's part of it, the social aspect of it, whether it's a, it's a child or an adult is you want to get them involved. You know, you really want to look at them and talk to them, you know, and use the music as a part of that. So yeah, Zoom definitely has more capabilities than we think it is. I mean, it's great for just meetings, but you actually can, you know, find ways to entertain people. And if I could see the person, I could say, oh, Heather, how are you doing today? And then you get a response from that. Oh, Genevieve, I love that shirt. You're looking great. Keep going. You know, let's, what are we going to do next today? You know, and just that further interaction, it, it doesn't just have to be one way. So that's, that's, you know, yes, there are limitations to Zoom, but it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be like, you know, all or nothing either. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm happy to, uh, to hear that it's doable. Yeah. I mean, it's case to case, person to person, right? Absolutely. So I'm curious, Brian, uh, what kind of qualification uh, music therapists have? Yeah, good question. Um, basically, uh, all, uh, all MTAs or certified music therapists who are working um, have to have, uh, have to have gone through a program, um, either uh, locally here or um, abroad. There's five institutions you can probably go right now. I have a list of them here. The one closest here right now is uh, in North Vancouver, actually. We're, you're very lucky if you want to become a music therapist uh, and you're qualified and you can pass the auditions and all those things. Uh, you can go to Capilano University. They're also in Manitoba. They have the Canadian uh, Mennonite uh, University. That's in, uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And in Nova Scotia, in Acadia, they have Acadia University. And that is specifically for the program that's called the BMT or the Bachelor's of Music Therapy program. And so you can go there and get your bachelor's in music therapy. And then uh, they do actually, believe it or not, they do have master's programs as well. And so if you want to pursue to get your master's, you can go to uh, Wilfrid Laurier, uh, Wilfrid Laurier uh, University in Ontario or Con uh, Concordia. And that will give you uh, qualifications for a bachelor's. And then if you like to go to get your master's, most people go get the master's there. And, uh, and the University of Toronto actually has a PhD program for, for, PA, uh, for music therapy as well. And, um, and for those people who just want to actually start, it besides, you know, just get the foundations before they try it out for a music therapy program, because it's a two-year program to actually get your bachelor's, but you need your two years of prerequisites. So it's a four-year in total program. But uh, besides getting your prerequisites or the foundations at Capilano U or these other places, 
Uh, Douglas College offers pre-classes or what they call Music Therapy Foundations, which is a two-year program, which gives basic uh, your basic skill sets that you need to have before you actually can audition or apply to get to the music therapy programs of uh, uh, aforementioned places there. So, uh, yeah, so you have to get your four. I did my four years. Uh, I did my uh, at Capilano University. And then on top of that, you have to do a thousand hours of internship and uh, you don't get paid for that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot of work. Um, you know, some, some, uh, some people grunt through it and get it done in six months. Some people work part-time and, you know, and do it in uh, nine months or a year. I, I decided to work part-time myself and, uh, and just try to get my hours. And, uh, so, you know, somehow pay rent and, uh, still, you know, get out there and get the experience. Um, looking back at it now, it was super, super valuable because I got a chance to work with other music therapists who were like my mentors and, um, and because of them, I was able to get jobs later on. So, you know, there's a lot of passing of torches that happens at places where, uh, I, I actually was, you know, got the, had the pleasure of passing the torch of my North Van school board to, uh, two of my interns who I, who worked with me and, you know, I got a chance to see them and now they're, they're doing great, which is great. You know, that's, that's what this job's about. You, you work, but it's like anything you move on to other things or something else, something else materializes. And, you know, if you can have somebody else or another colleague that you can, you can recommend, then that's, that's great. You know, um, we're a small community, but we really try to uh, try to cover each other's backs and uh, make sure that happens. But getting back to this, once you get your thousand hours of internship, then uh, you will become what's called an MTA uh, or certified music therapist. And then uh, like dentists or doctors or physios or OTs, you have to be associated with your, your proper association. So you have to sign on with uh, Canadian Association of Music Therapy and MTABC, Music Therapy Association of BC, and you have to be in good standing with them before you can, so you can continue to practice. So there's, uh, there's checks and balances, just like any uh, organized profession and uh, that that's working in healthcare, you need to have those requirements. And, uh, um, you know, if you don't, you, 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 ethically, you really should get them. And, you know, and it's, it's, um, you know, it's for the safety of our, of our clients as well and our profession that we, we need to have that. So those are the, those are the base requirements, qualifications that you need to have. And then experience helps as well. You know, so. Well, I feel good to hear all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thousand hours is quite a bit of hours after, but I guess, you know, what you've, you've got to be on the field, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. and I, I think, you know, anybody who does like in healthcare or, you know, working with the people, you know, experience is key. So, you know, uh, even, you know, after I did my thousand hours and I got out there and started working, there was still so much I just didn't know. And, you know, now, even though I say, you know, just, just when I think I've seen everything, oh man, something <laughs> else happens. And like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> I did not expect that to happen. Or like, did that really happen? Oh, wow. You know, so people, people, you know, um, you know, people continue to astound and amaze, uh, amaze me. And there are days where my job really doesn't feel like a job. I, I just think it's, you know, after 20 years, it just feels amazing. But then there are other days where you come home and you just need to be scraped up off the floor with a little knife and like, you know, just sort of stuck on the couch and like, you know, it's horrible. Why am I doing this? But, uh, you know, that's, that's life. And that's, that's what the job is about. So, but, you know, no regrets. I, I, I love what I do. And, uh, you know, I, I love working uh, with the people that I work with and, you know, experiencing new things. So it's a good thing. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. So 
if we want to have music therapy, so do we know how to play? Do we need to know how to play music to do or to receive music therapy? Yeah, you actually have to be like a classically trained musician. No. no, no. <laughs> no. I was going to say, like, can I get yeah. my guitar out of uh, the closet and start sure playing can. and just. Sure, uh, sure you yeah. can. See, the whole idea is like, you know, this is, and this is a really good question because, you know, we think, especially in this day and age, there's so much music out there. It's super produced and it's auto-tuned and everything sounds perfect. But even if we go back to like a, a few hundred years, you go back to classical music and you go back to classical playing and concerts. The whole idea was that it's this perfect piece played. It sounds beautiful and it's perfect and that's how it should be. And so it's very product oriented. And with music therapy, it's not about the product. It's about the process of making it. And so, uh, you know, it'd be like, you know, if you're in a pottery class and you have somebody, somebody making these beautiful beautiful pots and these, you know, vases and they look beautiful and you want to do it, you know, and it turns out and you, you're mad because it looks ugly to you. And, but the question is, you know, why did you go there? Be you, did you go there to make the beautiful things or does it just feel good to have the mud in your hands? You know, and that's music is a lot. It's, it's a lot like that. It's, you know, taking something maybe that you might not be doing all the time or maybe never done before, but you're experiencing it and you're making something. And whether it's just hitting a note on a piano, that's still making music. Or you hit a drum once, that's making music. And, you know, saying one word to a lyric, that's making music. So it starts like Lego. You start with one block and then you start building from there. And whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter because you can do it again and you can change it. And it, music is one of those things that it comes... And then it goes, but you can come back and try to make it, but it might be different. It might be the same. You know, th that's the neat thing about music. And so you don't need to know how to play. I mean, um, some of the best music that I've made or some of the best things that have happened with people is when they don't know how to play, when they haven't had experience. Um, and you just see the instinct come out and musicality that they didn't even know they had. It comes out and you say, wow, that's amazing. You know, anything from just playing or improvising something to actually making song lyrics. And they go, damn, I didn't know I could do that. Or, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know I, I really, I said that I wrote that, uh, you know, I, I, I love having clients where I pull out something from maybe a month ago or something. Uh, and I say, yeah, I got this song to show you. Yeah. I was, I was listening to it the other day. I just play a bar. They go, oh, that's really cool. I go, yeah, you wrote that. I did. You go, yeah, that's you. You did that. I go, wow. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I had that in me. So you know, self-expression is definitely one of the key things for music therapy. Um, but once again, if I said Genevieve, you're going to sit down and you're going to sing a song. We're going to write a song right now. You're like, oh my god. You know what am I going to? You know what? What? You know? But it, we do it. We do it in a different way. We take a different approach where we we talk about. You know, we talk about a couple things and then I say, well, hey, I had this idea and I, I play a couple notes and say, yeah, what do you, what does that make you think of? And, oh, it's a word. And then you start from there. And next thing you know, you start this creative process. It's a lot different than saying, you're going to write me a song, you know, so it, because, oh, that, you're going to make me a product, you know, no, no, we're going to have a process and then we're going to see what happens. And that's where we build from there. And that's, that's one of the basis is uh, the basis. That's the basis of building, you know, a foundation of trust, you know, uh, uh, through, through music and not saying, you know, you must trust me. It's not that it's just the music 
you trust the music and then all of a sudden you know the other bridge starts getting built as well so that's that's the beauty of uh, uh of music therapy is that you I don't love it. I want to write my own song. <laughs> I'm listening hey. to you. I'm like, I think I'm going to go for music therapy because I want to write my own songs and yeah. I have no idea how to do it. <laughs> yeah. The creative process is one of those things that you don't even think about, right? You know, Oh, I can never do this. I can never be a songwriter. I can never, I can never make music, you know, but yeah, you can, you know, it's just, it's easier than ever now, you know, with all the stuff that's out there, but sometimes just having one person just to sort of take you down the, basic road to go then then well i can see how children it would light them up and it will get them to be like what i did this and then or i'm like you say if you play with the little ones and now we are like i don't know you probably sometimes do like the the big dinosaur coming boom 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 and the little mouse with the little ding 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 and then you can make a story with this and actually let them grow into the story and having so much fun right it's probably something you do that is absolutely something I do. I actually have something called a story drum, which is just a drum. But, you know, once you say it's a story drum, then it's special. Yeah. Oh, it's a story drum. Yeah. No, it's a tambourine. It's a, no, it's a story drum. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, you know, but we take turns. We hit the story drum. We can start telling a part of the story. You hit the drum again, you stop. And then you pass it to the next person. They got to hit the drum and continue the story. You know, and that's, that's, that's a variation of it. Or, yes, you can use it for sound effects. You have, like, a big drum for, like, something big little instruments for something small voices as well, you know, high voices, low voices, you know, all these different things that you can make just with the, you know, these instruments that we have, uh, you know, besides, uh, besides drums and pianos and things, you know, we have all these wonderful instruments, you know, here and here. And, uh, you know, we, we forget to use them. And so definitely, uh, um, we, we do that. Uh, we create uh, different uh, stories, plays, role playing, and once again, what that does is it brings them closer. Uh, it brings common, common themes together. And, you know, that's uh, a good basis of group dynamics as well, where all of a sudden, where you don't have to think about what the common theme is for somebody. Oh, you got brown hair. I got brown hair. Or, oh, he likes uh, Pokemon. I like Pokemon. No, no, we play this music and they play the drum that way. I played it that way. And, but we didn't even talk about it. It just happened, you know, so it's uh, the verbal and the nonverbal things that happen, you know, those connections that get made. And uh, so um, a really important part of socializing, right, is the verbal and the nonverbal things that happen between people, you know, just from a look to, uh, you know, a nod, to a smile, you know, all those things, they make a big difference. And, you know, if we can translate from uh, some of those things from what we do in music group to a classroom or even to the family setting, what you have then is that you have a, a better balanced child who might understand social cues better, you know? So those are the big words coming out from goals and objectives, you know? Uh, and, and so it's taking the language of making good music in this and then translating it into something that um, has value to, let's say psychologists, doctors, the empirical value, because they want to know, like, is it measurable? What's happening? You know, is, you know, is verbalization increasing, you know? You know, I, I don't know. Let's ask Jimmy, is your verbalization increasing? No, uh, no, he can't tell you, you know, cause he's five. So, you know, he, he's busy watching Flintstones, you know? So, um, yeah, so definitely you, it's being able to take the work that we do and, and make it, make it valid to the professional side of things as well, because we are part of a team. Yeah. When I first started up doing music therapy, it was really hard because, um, 
uh, a lot of the Western medicine, a lot of the empirical, the, the doctors didn't really see it. They didn't take us as serious, you know, because they, we just were like these dudes and gals playing guitars and, you know, that's kind of, oh, you know, what's that? But when you start speaking the language and all of a sudden you're writing in the charts and they're noticing the differences and you're able to explain yourself in their language, they take it a lot more seriously. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. So it's being able to take that, take, uh, take, the intangibles of the music, but make them tangible as well. And that's, you know, that's what the uh, qualifications for, that's what music, that's what going to school is for, is being able to understand that like uh, you have to be able to do, uh, speak the jargon. Uh, it's not just music. And it's actually a lot of psychology. I mean, uh, yeah, intro I psych, yeah, intro psych, mm -hmm. uh, psych of aging, developmental psych, abnormal psych, group dynamics, stats. So it's pretty psych heavy. People don't realize that when they say, oh, it's music. You just play guitar. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's, you know, for a long time. That's a part of it, you know, but it is, it is, <laughs> you know, so it, there are some, some colleagues of mine who have a real problem. They say, you know, I'm a music therapist, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out there and this is what I do. And if somebody says, are you the entertainer to me? I said, yeah, I'm the entertainer. That's fine. I don't mind. You know, are you the guitar guy? Yes, I am the guitar guy. You know, because really, at the end of the day, you know, I, I know I, I know what I'm doing from my job. And if it means that, you know, they're going to be able to talk to their mom or dad or that, you know, I've made just a little bit in half an hour, I've made a bit of difference for a child that they can go home and maybe have be able to communicate better with their parents, then then I'm doing my job. And, you know, mm -hmm. I don't need to explain it to them unless they want me to, you know, and then I'll sit down with them. And if they really want me to use, you know, all the jargon and the words I can, it's kind of boring, but I can, you know, <laughs> you know, it's possible. Absolutely. So, in a, yeah, to, to answer your question, no, you don't need to know how to play music in order to do music therapy and to do really good at it, you know, because it's, it's all subjective, you know. But, but it's my job to take that and then be able to translate it and say, okay, this is what, uh, you know, uh, Genevieve did great today. She, uh, we wrote a song today about clouds, but what I did notice is that she's playing the drum and using both hands today, bilateral movement. And uh, she's actually able to play for uh, 35 minutes instead of 30. So, you know, that's, that's where you take the other hat off and you're able to analyze what's going on. So if we think about like um, ADD, ADHD, attention, you know, um, is it something that you will actually work with children with uh, that has a problem like paying attention Yeah, uh, on something for a long time or? Yeah, basically, uh, we try to, I try to address those, those issues with with the children and it depends really if it's a one-to-one -one issue versus working in a groups. This is where actually working um, in groups actually has an advantage. If you're working with kids with ADHD, one-to-one, -one, there's a lot that can happen because they're like, Oh, that's this. And Oh, what's that? And Oh, you know, like, okay, focus, focus, focus. You know, it's so hard, but uh, you know, if we get them involved in uh, doing an instrument, let's say with multiple drums, that's going to really engage them because there's a lot going on. And so, you know, they, and um, uh, the hardest part is that a lot of people think that ADHD is uh, something that you can just, you know, turn off and on. It's not, I mean, it's always there for them. And it's, it's almost painful sometimes, I think, because part of them really wants to focus, but their brain can't turn the other stuff that's happening off. And so, 
if usually if you get multimodal things happening, it's sort of, it's, it's like things start gathering a little closer. So, you know, on a one-to-one session, that's probably what I would do, but group sessions are great because you can actually be able to um, get the group to help each other out. So if you have somebody like Johnny's really, really active and say, okay, Johnny, did you hit this drum, but he can't right now. I said, okay, somebody help Johnny, your turn, hit the drum. And they, I want to have a, I want to have my turn. Oh, you, you, wait your turn, wait your turn. Are you ready for it now? And then all of a sudden the focus comes in there. I said, no, it's like a bus. If you don't catch it, you'll get the next one, but you don't want to miss this bus, do you? I don't want to miss the bus. You don't want to miss the bus? Sure, go. And they hit it like, oh yeah, okay. So then it's that engagement. Um, we live in a, a, a day and age, uh, even for me, like we have games, games have levels. And if you make something that there are levels to, you want to reach the next level, that is super involving. I mean, I mean, half the games they play with on your phones or on the iPads, all to do with levels. And even the games you might play, if anybody still plays Candy Crush or Wordscapes or whatever, it's that, you know, you get that ding, 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 you know, you did it. So, you know, we, we all want that next level. And so when you make it, when you make music into a game like that with a group, then you will see definite, uh, definite increase in focus. I mean, you won't see a hundred percent focus, but you'll definitely see a decrease in agitation or, you know, lack of focus You see definitely more attention come to the group. And as it progresses over the weeks, you'll probably see a higher percentage of success. And, you know, and that's, that's, that's great. You know, if you can do that, but yeah, definitely deal with a lot of that. Um, a lot of kids these days who are diagnosed on the spectrum, who have a lot of things they might have, you know, uh, uh, on the, on the spectrum with ADHD and OCD, like, wow, you know, lots of different diagnoses happening right now. And, uh, it's our job, you know, to be able to try to find, trying to find out where one begins, the other ends, how to work with that with an individual or within a group. And, uh, and you only usually get like 45, half an hour, 45 minutes. In the school board, my sessions were like uh, half an hour. So I get a group of kids for half an hour, once a week. And so, you know, you think about that, you think about how many hours are in a day and how many hours were in a week. And out of all those weeks, you get one half hour to work with him and make a difference. And so- yeah, it's quite short. <laughs> it's quite it is short. short very but, short. Yeah. 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 But I, I say to I, I say to the students, uh, look, if you make you know, you make even one difference over the course of time that you have with him, mm-hmm. you did a good job. You did a good job. You did something that, that couldn't be done within the education system. So, you know, um, that you know, take that. You know, it's you're not gonna change the world, but you are in one small way. And maybe more than one small way, you might have kids that, uh, you know, really, really take to it and it changes the way they do their approach, their approach to learning, their approach to processing information. You know, music is a great way for actually learning how people process things. You know, you know, you hold a tambourine up and they look at the tambourine or you show them how to play the tambourine or you tell them how to play the tambourine. So are they auditory listeners or are they visual listeners? You know, are visual learners, I should say, you know, or are they both? Is it a combination of auditory, visual and you know tactile so these are things that can be assessed within like uh, you know a first hour session you get an idea of how somebody you know thinks and all just from playing a drum or playing a, a xylophone or, or different instruments you think oh okay so that's why when we usually have a, a new client come in we usually just do an assessment uh and it's usually in the form of just doing music but you can learn a lot in a really short time hmm. i hope that answers your question 
Absolutely, absolutely. Now I'm just curious, um, where can we learn more about music therapy? If uh, we want to do more, we're curious. Right. Where do we go? What do we do? Yeah, good questions. Uh, be best places to go usually are, I think, uh, one of the best sources is the, the association sites. So like Canadian Association for Music Therapy or CAMT uh, basically has a great resource. And, uh, you know, we get links for that later, but it's www.musictherapy.ca. Pretty easy place to go with. And then even our local chapter, our local BC chapter is mtabc.com, the Music Therapy Association of British Columbia. That's uh, mtabc.com. And then, um, you know, I also have on, on our company website, um, we have resources on not just music, but art therapy, because my wife's an art therapist. So, that is another kettle of fish, you know, but uh, a lot of shared, a lot of shared. Yeah, we're going to have to have her on the show, Art Therapy. I'm yeah, curious yeah. about that too. Yes. For sure. You know, <laughs> yeah, Michelle, yeah, she could, yeah, she could say, she actually started the company Van Art Expression in 94. And that's when awesome. we were, yeah, we had, we weren't quite married yet. We were engaged and um, we got married in 95. And then I entered the program at, at Capilano at the music therapy program. And then, yeah, I graduated in 97 and then started, started to join her business, join the business as a partner. So, you know, Van Art, yeah, Van Art Expression started out with her solely, you know, putting the shingle up as an art therapist and art, you know, art, and doing art, art therapy contracts. Uh, we used to do everything on site. We'd drive out everywhere, but, and then eventually as we started, you know, word of mouth spreads, you know, and if you're, you know, if, I think if you're good, usually people start talking about you. So I guess people like this and they, they kept talking about us. And so yeah, about six years ago, we uh, converted our, uh, our garage into a office therapy space. So now we have clients coming to us as well. And the place I'm talking to you from is actually another separate, uh, our old office, which is now sort of like my studio and places where I do Zoom sessions from as well. So awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's an amazing it's an amazing road we've gone down, and uh, it's really get really to help cool. a lot of people. Yeah, you know, I, I I think about that sometimes, and I don't think of it like yes, I'm I'm out saving the world and helping people. You know, I'm having a good time doing it, but um, you know, just the amazing relationships that I've had with with uh, with so many people that have sort of uh, that have come and gone through you know, the extended care facilities and I've seen kids grow up in the school board and, um, you know, and also being, being a father of a, of a 17 year old son now, you know, seeing, seeing our kid grow up and, you know, seeing him graduate and see, you know, just, I, I think, you know, being a parent does give a little bit more of a connection. I mean, there's a lot of great music therapists out there who don't have kids, which have great, great relationships and great uh, techniques and working with the kids, but I think mm -hmm. there's that, that there's that intangible parent thing. Like if you're a dad, for some reason, kids, they know if you're a dad, you know, they sort of, uh, they just sort of like, they just they know. Feel it, so right? they, I think they do, you know, also in the I voice. I think they know, they know, yeah. children know. Exactly. Yeah. You just thought dad, now Tony, you know, like, <laughs> oh, my dad uses the same voice. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, or just even the look like, really? really you know you're gonna try that <laughs> yeah. now like you know just and they're like oh i know that look my mom gives me that look you know so yeah definitely definitely that plays a, a big role but yeah those three sites are, are really good uh really good uh places to go check out and also um uh we're also in an exciting time right now where um the, the government and uh a lot of creative arts therapies uh are coming together to uh tr we're on the verge i think of creating uh 
uh, a, a college of counseling therapists in which, you know, art therapists, music therapists, play therapists, we would all actually fall under the category of becoming what's called a counseling therapist. And um, uh, that's, uh, that's something to be looking on the lookout for. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be a great move for our profession, but also like a really great win for, um, for just the clients, for the consumers out there, because then they'd be, they would know that they'd be, be getting quality counseling or counseling therapy from whoever, because if they have that label, it's regulated. Because right now in BC, it's not. And so we've been, they, they've been fighting a long time to get that. So it's really important, you know, um, but, you know, your best bet right now is to definitely, you know, do your homework as parents, you know, talk to, talk to the people that you mm-hmm. want to work with or, you know, potential therapists who are out there. And, uh, you know, get your references. And uh, yeah, definitely, I'd say do your homework as well. But hopefully that will be uh, a, a thing of the past once, uh, you know, hopefully cross the fingers regulation gets put in. Yeah. But other than that, uh, yeah, I'd say, uh, and if you want to find out more about that, uh, you can go to uh, Fact BC, which is, uh, which is the organization which is spearheading that, which is, it's, it's, it's made of a bunch of different art therapists, music therapists, counseling therapists as well. And they've been, they've been fighting this fight for a good 20 years. And, uh, you know, I think we're really close though. So we'll see. Awesome. Yeah. So Brian, we can find you on our panel of expert at parenttalk.ca. So where else can we find you? Give us your website. <laughs> Great. I forgot about that. Uh, you can go to our <laughs> website. Yeah. Our, our company name is Van Art Expression and it's Van Art Expression, van artexpression.com. And uh, basically it's got, uh, yeah, that's your one-stop shop. You can go check out everything that we, uh, you can find out about me, about Michelle, a little bit about our family and also, you know, important links to, you know, to get in touch with us if you have questions, you know, or, uh, we have our own company uh, uh, email, which we check all the time. And so if you have questions, you want to ask us, uh, you know, by all means, we also have our phone number there. So if you want to reach our office and leave a message, yeah, please feel free to do so. And uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, just great to be here. And I want to say uh, thank you very much to both of you for uh, inviting me on to be a part of the panel. And uh, I hope everybody, uh, hope everybody's enjoyed it anyways. Oh, I'm sure. Well, that concludes today's episode. Like Heather and I want to say a big thank you to you, Brian, for uh, taking the time to be here. And of course, uh, bring so much value to us parents, helping us grow and be the best friends we can be, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Knowing yeah. always a little bit more and more and more is the key. And I think our podcast is a great platform for this. And absolutely. we never talked about music therapy, so it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Great. Thanks so much for having me. It was an honor. And uh, hopefully we're going to talk some more about something else again. Yes, of course. So for our listeners, if you have a question or you would like to join us on a show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and now also on YouTube at Parent Talk TV. Of course, you can always subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we're inviting you to share it on your social media. So as we all know, parenting can be hard. So it's important to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village and be true to yourself. So Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you everyone for listening and joining us. Have a great week. Bye. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. 
If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.